0: Good morning everybody, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad then.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice
2: Let us pray. Holy God, we come to you today to exalt your holy name, to praise you and worship you. And we pray that this service of worship will be a blessing to you. May we experience your presence powerfully as we sing to you and know you more in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I'd like to invite y'all to stand if you're able as we sing together. Stand up, stand up for Jesus.
0: In your bulletin this morning, you will find a mission moment. This is for our Joshua connection. And I want to give a little explanation about this. We started this ministry years ago, and some people think it's to feed people in Niagara Falls, which it does. It feeds people that don't have meals. Some people think it's to do a, a vacation Bible school in Niagara Falls, which we do, and we provide clothing and furniture and a lot of things. But ultimately, the purpose of this ministry is to launch a church. To start a new congregation in that region of Niagara Falls. And because of our efforts and our support, we now have a baby congregation. It's been worshiping for a couple of years. They have about 40, 45 people attending every week, which has actually doubled the size of our Niagara Falls ministry. So it's really an amazing thing that because of your efforts and your generosity, we're bringing the gospel to people. Unfortunately, it's a baby congregation. So their their contributions are baby contributions. (laughs) And so that's why we take up an offering to help them uh, with trying to bring the gospel to Jesus Christ. So we call that to your attention this morning. Thank you.
2: We have some things going on this week. Tuesday from 5 to 6:30 is the Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper. So um, we invite you to come on out to have some pancakes, and it's for a free will offering. And all the donations for that go toward our Easter celebration. So the, the Easter family celebration, there's a clipboard going back around that. So check that out for help and donations and things for that for that ministry. Also, then Tuesday we go for pancakes. Wednesday, there's the Ash Wednesday service here at 7 o'clock and then friday is what the other clipboard is for which is our first fish fry fish fry because we're kicking off lent and we'll be doing fish fries on fridays all the way through lent so we need some help with that it's a wonderful ministry and outreach to our community and it's actually a lot of fun so i invite you to all of that so i am thankful to be here in the house of the lord with all of you to be able to worship together and i'd love to hear from you today what are you all thankful for What's God blessing you with? Yeah, Jim. Birth of your second grandson. Wonderful. Yay. What else? Yeah, Sue Oh So James got married and married somebody who is full of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness! <laughs> for forgiveness, when you forget your birthday, oh, don't do that. <laughs> but we're thankful. <laughs> <laughs> but we're thankful for forgiveness. <laughs> yes, always, always. Anyone else want to share? Up, oh, oh, up there. Yeah, Tom.
3: My dad celebrated his ninety-first birthday Friday.
2: Ninety-one. Woo. Woo! Oh, praise God. That's wonderful. Yeah. Anyone else? yeah there's there's much to be thankful for I pray that we'll all become very aware of God's presence in our lives and the many blessings that God is giving to all of us every moment God is there with you so as we give back to God let's reflect on just how good God is
3: Every day, every hour, I feel the love, I feel the power. Heavenly angels are watching over me, every day they're watching me.
1: Watching over me every day they're watching me all night, yes and all day. I know the angels angels watching watching over me, my lord. Lord. All night,
3: yes and all day. day. Angels watching over me, over me. Every day, every hour I feel the love. I feel the power, heavenly angels are watching over me,
1: every day they're watching me, oh lay me down to sleep, angels watching over me, my Lord, I pray the Lord, my
3: soul to keep, angels watching over me, over me, every day every hour
1: i feel the love i feel the power heavenly angels are watching over me every day they're
3: watching me
1: yes Yes, every day i know that every Every hour i feel the love i know that i feel the power
3: heavenly angels are watching watching. over me Yes, yes every me. Yes, yes, every angels, day I
1: know that every hour yes, I angels, feel the love I know that I feel the power and the yes, angels are, are watching, watching over me. Yes, every day, every day the angels are watching over me. While
2: Lord, we thank you for your goodness for your blessings for all that you've done for us and continue to do lord we thank you and we praise you we give back to you a reflection of our love and of our commitment and we pray that you will bless these gifts to be in ministry to others that they too may come to know you and experience your love and your grace in jesus name amen. amen please be seated Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come to you this day with open hearts, vulnerable and humble before you. We pray that you will respond boldly to our calls, taking these burdens, taking these pains, Lord, from us increase our trust in you increase our faith in you increase our dependence on you lord we thank you and we praise you because we know you are good and you are there with us through everything we pray lord for people who are struggling physically we pray that your healing hand will be upon them and that they will find recovery that their body may become whole and well again we bind up cancer in the name of Jesus through your power and grace. And we cast it out. We pray for healing of broken bones, for healing after surgery, for healing of all sorts of diseases. We pray that your healing hand will come upon your people powerfully, boldly, that we may proclaim your miracles. We pray for people who are grieving with heavy hearts, Lord, and we pray your comfort and your peace, wrap them in your loving arms, Lord, and help them to know that you are there and you bring hope. Lord, we pray for people who are experiencing turmoil in their relationships. We pray that forgiveness will abound, that your grace will overflow, and that healing will occur between people, Lord, We pray for healing among people. We pray for people in their finances. We pray for an abundance, an overflowing, that people may feel secure. We pray that you will open eyes to opportunities and bring a path forward, Lord, Guide us all in the opportunity that you would have us to take. Open doors that need to be opened, Close doors that need to be closed. Make your path straight and make your path lit by your light. Hold us in your firm foundation, Lord, as we trust in you for all things. We pray for our church. We lift it up to you, Lord, that you will continue to guide its ministries, We pray for discernment, we pray for wisdom, we pray for direction. We pray that any decisions made in this church may glorify you and be what you would have us do. Lord, we pray for our greater denomination and we pray for our community, we pray for open hearts and we pray that you will give us your boldness and strength to witness to others by what we say, by what we do by the way we live, that people may know you through us. Give us that strength as we live into your victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord.
4: Good morning our scripture reading this morning is from the book of John chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 now there was a Pharisee a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council he came to Jesus at night and said rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him Jesus replied You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Thank you, Jan. Um, two, two questions people have asked me about. First, uh, am I glad to be back? No, it was 70 degrees, 80 degrees down there, are you kidding? (laughs) What's this white stuff? I don't like it. It's good to be back with you, that's what's true. And the second thing is people ask me, I seem to be hobbling around. I'll I'll explain this once so I don't have to do it a couple hundred times. What they tell me from the x-rays is, because I have flat feet, the bones in the bottom of my leg have twisted, and so they don't line up with my knee anymore. So I have to twist them back. Now, it took me 40, 50 years to twist them out of place, so that's not going to happen right away. But I'm wearing inserts in my shoes to help do that. So you might see me in sneakers. Don't be weirded out by that, you know. Last night, somebody said, sneakers? I've never seen you in sneakers. I own sneakers and jeans and T-shirts. I know. Some of you find it an amazing concept. I want to talk to you about something called the lottery effect. And that is that they've discovered that you can give people who are very poor a bunch of money. I mean a ton of money. And for the majority of them, five years later, they'll be broke. Why does that happen? How does that happen? It's almost as if they were programmed to never have money. Other people can actually find themselves in a situation where they've had a devastating loss and have, have no money, even though they used to have wealth, and all of a sudden it seems like they get it back. I want to talk to you about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a leader of the Jewish people. He served on their leading council, like a congressman. Nicodemus understood the rules. He lived by the rules. He believed in things. He was considered good. He was courageous. He was respected. That's an important thing. And he actually was quite wealthy. He's actually what everyone wanted to be, what people aspire to be, even in our culture. And yet something in Nicodemus was missing even though he had everything everybody seemed to want something wasn't right so he snuck away at night to talk to jesus that's a good idea by the way you can do that too it's called prayer if you're a little confused and not sure what to do with your life it's good to go and talk to god god might give you the guidance you need like he did with nicodemus and what he did was he told nicodemus you need a total shift a complete change. In verse 3 he said, Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are, can you find it in the word search? On the far margin. Unless they're born again. You've probably heard that statement somewhere along the line. Some people even use it to describe people. Are you a born again? as if it's a a noun. It's not a noun. It's a process. We can't see, we can't enter the kingdom of God unless we're born in a different way. We see things differently. We perceive things different than the way we have. And it's hard to see what you don't see. I know that might sound strange, but the truth is, is sometimes we don't see it because we just never were exposed to it. My grandson asked me a question the other day. He said, you know, Papa, when when I watch TV, a lot of times I watch the shows my mother watched growing up. And she said that when she was growing up, she'd watch the shows you watched growing up. He said, which shows did you watch that your parents watched when you grew up? And I said, dude, there was no TV. (laughs) As you got to understand, we didn't have a TV when I started out in life. So my parents, they had a radio. Imagine sitting and listening to the box. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at me like, dude, you're old. (laughs) Whole shift in his perspective. (laughs) This guy comes from another planet. Because in some ways I do. It's a different understanding when we see things that we don't normally see. It's up there in the word search too. It starts with a P. Anybody see it? A paradigm shift. It's backwards. You see it? Ever hear that word? Paradigm shift. Which is when you look to see things and become aware of something that previously you never even imagined. You must be born again you got to start over again you need to be as the scripture could also be interpreted born from above and Nicodemus is like
3: what? am
0: I supposed to go in my mother's womb again well maybe Jesus said you're a leader and you don't understand this and the truth is we have a lot of leaders that don't get it Sometimes you'll look at people who are leading and you'll say, why can't you see what I see? And actually the, the, the goal is to find leaders who can see things we don't see. Amen? Not guide us to what we already knew. We don't need that. See, most people are stuck. They have trouble with this whole concept because it's, it's, it's hard to believe It sounds too easy and yet at the same time confusing. They want a new life, but how do you do that? How do you do that when it feels as if it means giving up everything you've always known? When it means taking a stand where you're not used to standing? When you were a little child, baby, baby, little child, the the, the Bible says that give me a child until until they're about five or six and I will guide them in the way they should go. When you're born into this world, your brain is vacant. There's nothing up there. Like an empty computer, that's why kids remember everything, we remember nothing. Ours are clogged full of stuff, you know? Old guys like me are going searching, searching, searching can't find it i know it's in there but i can't find it anybody else have that problem yeah not babies everything you put in them is like sucked right in because it's empty and they start to create patterns based on the information that has been implanted in their mind and it goes into something called the subconscious the subconscious is are 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 the operating programs of your brain you know, the computer, there's operating programs. They're working regardless of what you put in the top. And whether you're aware of it or not, if your operating program is broken, it doesn't matter what you put in the top, your computer's broken, right? It's the same thing with people. We develop an operating program, a subconscious that guides our lives. And it's developed largely by the time we're about five or six or seven years old all this input a lot of it good a lot of it wonderful things you know pick up your fork and put it in your mouth not your nose i mean these are good things right but some of them send us on a different pathway and so there are voices that are speaking in our subconscious that regardless of what we consciously think will reject that thought and will tell the rest of us to do what they have in mind So your life is being guided by a five- or six-year-old. Did you know that? Yeah. It's being guided by a five- or six-year-old. And so what we need is we need a paradigm shift. Nicodemus was a leader. He was programmed to be a leader. Nicodemus was wealthy. He was programmed to be wealthy. Nicodemus followed the rules. He was programmed to follow the rules. He was respected because he was programmed to be respected. It was who he was. And Jesus said, you have to make a decision to change. That's what this whole series has been about. Lives transformed through God. But but this whole series we've been talking about for the last few weeks is that you will never have your life transformed by God until you are motivated to change your life. Until you are excited about going in a different direction, you will never be born again. Because it's like going back into the womb and starting over. Jesus said in verse nine, he said, uh, you, what did he say? He said, Nicodemus said, How can the, oh, yeah, this is, oh, I'm reading the wrong, nope, I don't know anyways. <laughs> I'm reading the wrong verse. <laughs> I don't get It doesn't matter. I'll find it in here. Basically what he said is that you don't understand spiritual truths. That's the end of it actually. You don't understand spiritual truths because you don't even understand earthly truths. You don't even see what's going on the change requires a decision we have to go through a natural birth to be born into this world and we have to go through a spiritual birth to understand the things of god so nicodemus says how can someone be born when they're old and the answer is it's hard it's really hard It's harder because the older we are, the more we've been putting in information that supports what our subconscious has already decided to believe. We filter out the stuff we don't agree with because our subconscious doesn't agree with it. We turn the channel to the channel that supports us. We go to the church and says what we want to hear. We've already been programmed for the rest of our lives and it's hard to see new things. When I was young, about, oh, I'd say 32, 33, I used to go out to breakfast with a couple of old guys. I bet they were in their mid-50s. Really ancient fellas, right? And this was like 1992, 1993. And they were talking about something called the worldwide interweb, or at least that's what they called it. And the one guy is like, what are you talking about? He says, no, this is really cool. You get on your computer, and you can put in any word and stuff just comes into your computer. The guy's looking at him like, what are you, nonsense doesn't work that way. No, no, really, really. All you do is type stuff into the computer and things just appear from all over the world. Now, I'm a young guy and I never heard of that thing. So I went home. I was like, this is neat. I'm going to try this thing. And it worked. But the other old guy is like, no, that's just whacked. You've been doing something wrong. Because it's hard when we're old to accept something new. It just is. And the reason is because old patterns and old habits and old understandings are hard to break. You're not just trying to change your service mind. You're not just trying to change your folders in your computer. You're trying to change the operating system. And changing the operating system is tough. Anybody remember the DOS operating system? I wouldn't switch from that to Windows for five years because I believed Windows was just a flash. It'll be gone. Changing the operating system means changing everything. And to do that, that means we have to change something else. Starts with an I. Do you see it up there? You got to change the input you got to change the input. In the computer, you got to change the the zeros and dots and ones that you put into the computer. But in our lives, we have to do something entirely different. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit, Jesus said. It's a verse I was looking for earlier. We're oriented to the things we've been taught by the culture around us, and God is calling us to be oriented to what he wants. So we're too focused on physical stimuli. We're too focused on our natural desires. And so we perceive what the world has told us to perceive. You know, we are what we tell ourselves. I know you might not believe that. There was a man in the 1930s who wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. His name was Napoleon Hill. Anybody ever read that book? It's an old book. I when I was about 13 or 14 years old had a lot to do with changing my life his philosophy was really very simple if you have a passion if you spend your days if you spend all your time if you work in every single way in every aspect of your life thinking only about breathing living and and concerned about money you will become rich that's what it takes you want to be rich when you're not rich, you've got to shift the paradigm and make it all about money. Change the input, and you change the outcome. Uh, a few years ago, my uh, sister sent a recipe for a soup to my wife. And my wife had me go out to the store and buy these weird spices. One was called garam masala, and the other one was cardademundum. Now, you probably could pronounce those right. I can't. They were outrageously expensive, because this was years ago. Nobody used these things. And, and I thought, this is so foolish. It's for one bucket of soup. So I said, I've got to try some of these in other recipes. All of a sudden, people are telling me how great my cooking is. It's amazing. Never tasted a taste like this. It's not garlic. It's, it, it's not oregano. It, it's not all the spices we're used to. There's something in this chicken. What is it? I'm hmm, telling you. <laughs> it's garlum musella and cardabended dum 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 dum. Since then I've discovered tarragon. My, my sister sent me a jar of green stuff. My daughter and wife could tell you what it is. I don't know. I just use it to cook with. It's great. I've discovered that if you put different things into the recipes, I know this is going to sound crazy, you get a different result. Right? Philippians talks about this very clearly in chapter 4. It says, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's, let's try that again. Whatever I want you to do it with me. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you've learned or received or learned from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. If you put in different inputs, if you change what you put into your mind and your heart every day, believe it or not, little by little, you can start to change the operating system. Oh, that's not easy. That's not going to come from one little input. You've got to be putting this in so much that it overwhelms the operating system into changing. Every day you need to wake up and say love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit need to become a part of who you are. Napoleon Hill said you've got to every day think about money, talk about money, spend your time on money, be with money, live with money. It's the same principle. It changes us. You see, Nicodemus was a man with a foot in both worlds. He wanted to live in the world he was raised to be, the, the, the world that his culture told him, which by the way was religious, but God was calling him to live in a spiritual world, a different place, a place that went beyond religion, and he needed to be born again. That creates obvious confusion. He went to see Jesus at night, Nick at night, the original Nick at night, okay? And, and why do you think he came at night? He didn't want anybody to see him, absolutely. He calls Jesus teacher because he could perform signs. He sees there's something in Jesus, but he's still living in the shadows. The Bible says you can't serve two masters you'll either hate the one and love the other or love the one and hate the other and then here's the part that, that's the kicker it says you can't serve God and money whoa didn't expect that I thought Satan I thought evil I thought oh what does that mean Nicodemus is confused He's not sure what to think because his whole world is centered around what he's been taught to be. He's a leader in the nation of Israel and the the leading council got together because some guards were sent to get Jesus disciples and this is what they said. Finally the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them why didn't you bring Jesus in? I said, well, nobody ever spoke like this man does, the guards replied. You mean he's deceived you also, the Pharisees said. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob of dummies that knows nothing of the law, there's a curse on them. Nicodemus said, he went to see Jesus at night, and he asked him, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing and they replied are you ignorant too are you from the backwaters are you a rube look into it you'll find that no prophet comes out of Galilee duh Nicodemus what are you thinking and he just was quiet why do you think he was quiet he wanted to fit in right no one can have two masters and yet nicodemus is struggling with which world do i stand in this world or do i stand in this world and so he was quiet because he didn't want to be mocked he was a respected ruler so he decided to stand quietly where he didn't belong anymore Nicodemus was raised to be a leader. He was raised to be wealthy. He was raised to follow the rules and have courage. And he was raised to be, starts with an R. Do you see it up there? Respected. Oh, let me tell you, folks, being loved is a wonderful thing. But if you have a choice of being loved or respected, go for being respected. Because you'll never find real love until you're really respected. That's just the truth. First, you have to be respected. Like, that's what I was taught that's in my, uh, what is that, subconscious. <laughs> be respected. Do what's right. It's his paradigm. And Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. That's what it's like with people born of the Holy Spirit, that they are being guided by God that that they let go my grandma used to say that all the time let go and let God I haven't talked about my grandma much lately she was born quite wealthy and married a wealthy guy who lost almost all the money he ever had and when they died she was living on social security income which back then was like eight thousand dollars a year The difference is she was happy the quantity of money and the quantity of things didn't matter she was happy let go and let God don't have one foot in one kingdom and another foot in another kingdom stand in God's kingdom because what would happen If we were born into a place where the rules that we've been taught to live by don't really matter anymore. The next few weeks we're going to talk about, starts with a K, do you see it? On the bottom, kingdom of God. Where God is the primary concern, God is the primary focus. God is the reason we live and we exist and what we are. What if we were born into a kingdom where God was first? And what would it mean for Napoleon Hill's idea of think and grow rich? First Timothy says to us, The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Money isn't bad, it's just paper. I like it. It's good stuff. I like having a lot of it. But I've discovered that that paper doesn't change who I am, what I am, or how people think about me, or feel about me, or what I can do. For God. And if I have a choice between God or money, between the, the, the ideas of what matters that this world is trying to convince us of every day on that TV screen that didn't exist when I was a kid, on that computer screen that didn't exist when I was a kid, then maybe we can be born again. Jesus died. We call it Good Friday. We're going to celebrate that in a few weeks. I, you say celebrate. Yes, because his death gave us life, right? But when he died and was hanging there on the cross and they took the body down, do you know what his disciples did? The people who loved him and followed him around for three years, they scattered into the darkness. They disappeared into the shadows because they were afraid. They were afraid. The kingdom that they thought Jesus promised didn't turn out the way they expected. And so they they disappeared. A guy named Joseph of Arrhythmia came to get Jesus' body. We, We never even heard of the guy before or since. Just some guy came along and got Jesus' body. But he had a friend who came with him. Anybody want to guess what his name was? Nicodemus. Stepped out of the shadows, and when everybody else was slinking away, Nicodemus took a stand. And you might say, well, that's courageous, but it's beyond that. It says that he brought $150,000 in spices to anoint Jesus' body. I wonder if the garam masala, and cardamom were among them. I, I don't think so. But can you imagine? That's why we know he was wealthy. Anybody who's got that amount of spices or could buy that amount of spices isn't poor, right? But not only was, did he have it, he was willing to give it to Jesus. What does it mean to be born again? It means a paradigm shift, and that paradigm shift Means that we need to make a decision to change, which is what we've been talking about a few weeks, and then we need to live into that decision. We need to live into a different way of seeing life. So, we're going to talk over the next few weeks about what is kingdom living? What does the Bible tell us the kingdom of God is like? Jesus gave us a clue because we read this chapter actually quite a lot. Chapter 3, in the 16th verse, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God is not a God of condemnation. God is a God of love. That's what those verses tell us. God did not come here to hurt or destroy or punish you. God does not live to the concerns of the world where they try to rip each other apart, tear each other down. How can we make people we respect look worse? How can we rip apart our leaders? How can we talk about people as if they're garbage? Instead it says don't condemn Learn how to live to love. So Napoleon Hill was right about one thing. And that is, what you put your focus on is what you will become. We have a different way of saying it in the Bible. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and the rest of this stuff will take care of itself. You won't have to worry about it. You won't have to struggle with it. You won't get caught up in it. You'll stand where God wants you to stand. You must be born of the water and the spirit. Some people think that's the womb and the Holy Spirit. Others say, no, that's the water of the Holy Spirit, the water of baptism and the decision we make. Why why do we say it's so important that if you're going to baptize a child that they become part of the church so that we can put the right input into them right from the beginning god bless you parents that you're giving at least a little bit of the message of god so that your children can stand in the kingdom
1: before creation, eternity in your hand, you spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand.
0: direction. We're going to push aside the brokenness, and we're going to receive the wonder, the blessing of God. Will you pray with me? Dear God in heaven, I have, I have sinned. I followed the wrong voices. I the wrong voices. I'm, living the wrong way. I'm living the wrong way. Take my heart, Lord. Take my, heart, Lord. Take my, mind. Take my mind. Take my soul. Take my soul. And change me. change me. What I believe, what I, believe. What I do, what I, do. What, I am. what I am. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God has decided for you. Before you were even born, He decided for you that if you would make that decision, He'll send the Spirit to change your life, change your operating system. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
3: In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory Glory to to God. God. Amen.
2: in us and all of us together as a body of Christ. And so as we prepare for a table of grace, let's greet our brothers and sisters with the peace of the Holy Spirit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He does the Okay, well. get stuck in the string. <laughs>
5: is a beautiful and wonderful promise that we remember when we come to the table that we receive fresh and new when we come to the table and everyone is welcome at the table if you love God repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as disciples of Jesus Christ you are welcome to come to receive the promise fresh and new this day and as you come to the table you come alone but you come With everyone who is a member of the body of Christ who is coming to receive all that God has you are welcome this morning not because I invite you but because God himself has invited all people if you know that God is calling you this day to be part of the Church of Jesus Christ you come the Lord be with you lift up your hearts And made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On that night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you. And he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever amen shall we pray as Jesus taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Will those who are serving this morning please come forward.
2: I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, Standing on the Promises. (sighs)
0: of kids hanging around listening to their parents talking and doing what parents do and the one said to the other you know adults i mean really all they do is talk 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 they never do anything they don't play they don't have any fun there's nothing more boring in life than adultery (laughs) you know i've talked to little children they're a delight You must be teaching them something wonderful at home. I don't know that it's what we teach them before they're five that really is the biggest problem. It's what we allow our lives to be filled with from there on after. We start to listen to voices that aren't even our parents' voices and certainly aren't God's voices. Go be a child a little more. Because those who are like children will enter the kingdom of God, Jesus said. Love more, play more. Forgive more. Live more. Because that's the image of God that you were created with. You have an operating system below your subconscious. And that came from God. Reach down and find it. And go and live. In Jesus' name, amen. Nothing more boring than adultery.